welcome to the seventh episode of The Talking Point. Stay tuned for an interview with Shalhevet General Studies Principal, Mr. Daniel Weslow, later in this episode, as well as the third and last installment of the Rubel Report, and a farewell to this year's seniors. I'm Molly Litvak, a co-anchor here at The Talking Point and the community editor at The Boiling Point. And now let's bring in Benjamin Gamson, the other co-anchor at The Talking Point, who has some information regarding Chesed Committee elections. Yeah, thank you, Molly. So Chesed Committee elections took place on June 18th to determine who would serve on the Chesed Committee for the upcoming school year. They were looking to elect one sophomore representative, one junior representative, and two senior representatives. Five freshmen ran, seven sophomores ran, and five juniors ran. But according to the Chesed proposal that passed Town Hall and became just community law in May of 2019, rather than holding an election to determine who was on the Chesed committee, the graduating seniors on the committee should appoint their replacements, and the other members would stay on the committee throughout high school. Agenda Chair Kate Orlansky posted on Schoology earlier today that there were two different versions of a proposal to form the Chesed Committee. One of them gave all the decision power on deciding who should serve on the committee to the Chesed Coordinator, who is Mrs. Hammetz. This proposal did not pass. The proposal that did pass and become just community law was not applied. The results of the election have therefore not been released. And Kate wrote that who serves on the Chesed Committee um, next year cannot be entirely based off of the election results. They have yet to announce how they will proceed with determining who will be on the Chesed Committee next year. And The Boiling Point will keep you up to date on any developments for this election throughout the summer. Molly, what do you have about the recent landmark Supreme Court cases? Right. So this past week, the U.S. Supreme Court made two important and historic decisions. Um, on Monday, um, they ruled that um, LGBTQ members are protected under the 1964 Civil Rights Act, Title VII, um, from discrimination in the workplace. Um, so this is pretty historic. The ruling was six to three. Um, so moving forward, um, LGBTQ members or employees uh, cannot be discriminated against and are protected under that Civil Rights Act. Um, and then just on Thursday, the Supreme Court ruled um, that the Trump administration cannot, cannot rescind DACA, which is um, Deferred Actions for Childhood Arrivals. Um, and they made this decision on the basis uh, that the Trump administration uh, did not comply with the procedural requirements um, needed to get rid of this program. Um, and the procedural requirements that they didn't comply with were that they did not provide a reason explanation for their actions. So in other words, the Supreme Court did not rule um, on DACA itself, and that means that the Trump administration can technically um, make an effort to get rid of it in future times. However, at the moment, because they did not comply with the procedures, the Supreme Court ruled that their effort is invalid, um, thus protecting DACA recipients for the moment. Um, and now back to Benjamin with some information regarding senior graduation. So yeah, this was not a typical graduation. Obviously, under the circumstances of COVID-19, they were unable to have a normal graduation. But they did have a parking lot graduation, which took place in the parking lot of the Lakes of Thousand Oaks, which is an upscale shopping and entertainment center. The graduation took place in a part of the parking lot surrounded by trees and had a giant black broadcast screen set up at the front. 
People listened in their cars to the speeches, which were broadcast over a small area FM radio frequency. People were able to socially distance by remaining in their cars. Although not all of the graduates took advantage of this, especially before and immediately after the ceremony. During the ceremony itself, valedictorian Evan Rebell and salutatorian Kiku Shaw spoke as well as Jacob Lefkowitz Brooks and Sabrina Jahan, who spoke on behalf of the graduating class. Toby Lee was awarded the this year's Mensch Award by Dr. Jerry and Jean Friedman via a video. And although this was not a normal graduation, it was a momentous occasion to celebrate the accomplishments of this year's graduating class. Next up, we have an interview by Molly and I with Shalhevet General Studies Principal, Mr. Daniel Westlow, about plans for Shalhevet next year under the circumstances of COVID-19. In their interview, Molly, Mr. Westlow, and I will reference at times a plan which Shalhevet administrators are leaning toward implementing for the upcoming school year. This plan, which we talk about, has 9th and 10th graders attending Shalhevet in person one week, and then 11th and 12th graders attending Shalhevet in person the following week. And in the, week, and in the off week, where half of the school is not on campus, they will be taking part in digital learning. Thanks for having me, Molly and Benjamin. Appreciate it. Thank you. So as of now, do you know if Globerman will take place? Yeah, I mean, we're, I, you know, we, I, I believe Rabbi Block may have mentioned this in the PowerPoint um, with parents and, and we had a session earlier in the day with faculty. Um, as of right now, we're not canceling Globerman, um, but um, we're, we're looking at um, potential options and that's the same for fall sports, right? So fall sports, we're looking and, and connecting with our league with CIF on a regular basis. Um, everybody involved in athletics is, is really kind of making sure that um, we're up on the latest in terms of what those governing bodies are saying. And after those governing bodies make their decisions, we're gonna kind of consult as an administrative team and as long, with our task force as well, and, and chart a path for what we can do. I know a number of um, institutions have discussed um, fall sports maybe moving later in the year, um, Globerman might be that, you know, might be that same kind of uh, approach, right? With, with, okay, well, it's always traditionally been a preseason tournament. We might need to get creative and think outside the box with how we would kind of organize that potentially at a later date. Um, but it's not uncommon, and I've seen other schools in the past, um, you know, have tournaments for specific sports that are not in their particular season. Um, and so, you know, we can get creative with that, and, and we're pretty good at that. So. Uh, you talked about this a little at the Zoom meeting, but uh -huh. I know that in the building, uh, students tend to take advantage of hallways as a place to kind of hang out between classes and during degrees. Yeah. So how will this change uh, with the intended alternating week plan? I think the terms like wayside learning or something like that, right? It's like the, the connecting points and informal conversations about classes, about town hall, about life in general. It's just like so valuable, right? For the high school experience and even, I mean, for K through 12 experiences. But, um, and, and I think that's one of the most amazing things about Shalhev is seeing, I mean, not only the crazy backpacks on the hall, but like the, the socializing and connection on the tables and chairs and even students sitting on the hallways, in the hallways from time to time. Um, you know, that's not, not gonna kind of adhere, uphold like the social distance, distancing um, guidelines that, that we're going to need to abide by, right? So 
Um, it is going to be a steep learning curve and it's going to be tough. I think that we've, we um, are, are going to have to kind of roll out whatever the school year starts, whenever we start the school year um, and in whatever format, I think there's going to be similar to kind of orientation like we typically do. There's going to be significant onboarding that we're going to have to do in terms of training both faculty and students in, in with respect to kind of how we're navigating not just the classroom spaces but also the hallway spaces and um, and and passing periods and and you know a, a student has a free period like what what are you doing during that time right like uh, being on the second floor over by two sixteen two seventeen two eighteen in Nick Parsons office um, or being on the lounge chairs um, by the Ed Support Suite isn't going to be something that we can kind of allow students to do most likely right so. We need to come up with those alternatives and we have some great large spaces where students can um, or that students can utilize and I, and I said this in the presentation right we're looking at eight to nine big classroom spaces but we also want to and, and have identified um, also two to three larger kind of spaces where we can have kind of more students kind of gather potentially um, and still remain safe. And are you still considering uh, separating students in the alternating week schedule by alphabetical instead of siblings? I mean, instead of um, upperclassmen, lowerclassmen? Alphabetical, did, did we say like, I don't remember that being a piece of it or like, a question. Meaning like one week it would be like students A to L going in and then the next week like L to Z instead of like upperclassmen, lowerclassmen? Right, yeah, I mean, I mean the, you know the mod the models on that first slide right where we looked at like four or five different options and i think we honed in on three right mm. options on that slide um the just given our robust kind of academic and co-curricular programming i think that the the alphabetical model uh makes it pretty challenging um just just i you know it, it's a, it's a model we've explored and looked at but um it is it is it is tough because you're having teachers teach twice right um based on, off of that and and we also need to kind of be mindful of of teacher burnout and and kind of and kind of that component right as well like so um you know that's also the 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 last name alphabetical kind of uh organization as well as the um what's the model called where it's uh, like, you know, the longer days model where you have like an afternoon rotation and, and the morning rotation. My, um, you know, my uh, wife uh, grew up uh, in Mexico for the, you know, for her elementary school years. And um, she was sharing with me that how, um, schools, some schools in Mexico use that model um, and how it's great for, for some kids and how like, you know, it's, it's it, it can be challenging and, and um, and we've also talked about it from like the teacher administrative lens, like okay the the seven to seven model for a twelve hour school day makes it a little little rough. Um, but again, right, like it does allow you to shrink your student population in half um, in terms of who's on campus and who is uh, seeing each other. Um, and it allows also, I think, Molly, you also bring up um, a point with that. With it keeps like family last names together, right? Like so, you're kind of you're kind of condensing that that um the interaction points with other with other people so that's that's something we're exploring but it wasn't the model that we're leaning towards for a few different reasons and if it's legal to have the entire student body on campus at once 
would the school do that or, or would you decide to be extra precautious? Yeah, I, I would say that we'd probably lean on, on being more precautious right now. Um, and that's something that like that I'm not going to make that decision on. Um, and, and kind of like what I've been mentioning earlier is like, I think that's very much a, um, a, team, a, a team decision and consulting with the task force on, on that front. Um, even if they, even if there is the green light to all of a sudden meet on campus and be able to have, you know, 260 or 270 students on campus, I think that's a, that would be, that, that come out of left field, I think, just given all, everything that I'm reading and, and what we're seeing. But, um, but again, I think we, we would do an inventory and assess if that's the right move for us right now. Um, you know, I don't think it is in my opinion at this point. Um, and I think, you know, your safety is the priority. So I can't see all of us being on campus um, anytime soon. And I think that we wouldn't rush that decision either, right? So even if, even if other schools are doing that, I think it's, it's important to, to err on the side of caution. And, and really we have the best kind of um, consultants and task force available at, um, and, and who have been nothing but phenomenal. And, and I think we would absolutely trust what they're saying and, and then discuss as a team. <laughs> Thank you, Sarasa. Mr. Weslow for that very timely interview about plans for Shalhevet schooling returning next year in person. Next up, we have the third and final installment of the Rubel Report with Alex Rubel. Here's Alex. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the Rubel Report. I'm your host, Alex Rubel. I am a senior editor of the Shalhevet Bowling Point. And this is unfortunately going to be the last episode of the series. You know, it was it was really quite a run, and I really enjoyed every episode of the content. So thank you very much for listening. This past Sunday, our, our senior class had our long-awaited driving graduation in Thousand Oaks. It really far exceeded my expectations and was a very special way to end our four years, given the circumstances. But I believe that as we reminisce the past and celebrate moments like this, I believe we ought to seize the moment and apply this energy towards the future. And this made me think about the talking point. In, what is it, about three months now, we've released six groundbreaking episodes, which have all been very informative, they've been engaging, and very refreshing. Podcasts are looking to be the future of digital media, and they have so much to provide their listeners. I'm so proud of what we've accomplished as a team, and I can't wait to see what happens next year. Thank you again to all my listeners. It's been a true honor, and I appreciate your attention very much. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Next up, we have a farewell to this year's seniors on The Talking Point. Here's Benjamin. That's it for Talking Point. Now, before I close, I'd like to thank, on behalf of the Talking Point staff and all of our listeners and Boiling Point followers, I would like to thank our graduating seniors. I'd like to thank executive producer Sam Urbanowitz, my co-anchor Jacob Lefkowitz-Brooks, and the host of the Rubel Report, Alex Rubel, for their incredible work and leadership on the podcast this year. With their determination and hard work, they helped to start this podcast, which will hopefully continue for many years to come. And that concludes our seventh episode of The Talking Point. Thanks for listening and have a great summer.